son. Burglary, grand larceny, possession of stolen goods, and, and murder! Murder! Son! Keep them spread. Just make love to that wall, pervert. <laughs> I think you have me confused with somebody else. Is your name Ray? Yeah. Yeah, you're the fuck I'm looking for! Hey, are you a cop? Yeah, I'm a cop. I'm a good cop. I'm a damn good cop! <laughs> Today's your lucky day, Junior. Because I'm going to let you off with just a warning. <laughs> Any more of this criminal activity and you'll be sorry. You got me? Got you. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Good, good. Let's uh, keep it that way. <laughs> Uh, shouldn't you be out on a ledge somewhere? We got. I mean, we 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 love we love the callbacks. Uh, the board, the beginnings, <laughs> beginnings and ends. Yeah, this 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 episode had quite a few of them. Yeah. So. Little brackets, point brackets. God damn. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. I'm still feeling that a little bit as well. Pardon me. Uh, but yeah, this is the show. Welcome, uh, welcome all. From all over the world, up in Canada, I see now. Could have just been my VPN, but you know. <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Lee. Wise Rabbit. Making it global. Don't fold the maps on Instagram. Um, sorry, y'all. I'm a little brain froze at the moment. <coughs> That's what happens when you're a little too chill. I am the king of chill, CJ Ward. God damn, brother. How can you be the king of chill and and be too chill? Um, Too chill to kill. I like that. You can have it, sir. I'm taking it. All yours. Um, you know what? I'll just jump right into it. Speaking of nicknames, because uh, we love a good nickname, this episode is rife with amazing notes, uh, and I'll just jump into one already. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you were pretty... Um, antsy, kind of all day. You said you were kind of holding back, texting me some stuff. I was, cause... and that you were pre-ready to jump into things. That's kind of why I, I can see it, I can feel it. We're jumping on in, baby. Uh, pet names Rabbit's for the group. That's they they do. Uh, pet names. Pet names. So JLD spilled the beans. Basically, just like nicknames for the group. Like okay. What, what they kind of call each other. What they might be called around the set. Know. Yeah. Uh. Jerry was known as Precious. Michael, known as Chuckles. Jason, and I love this one, Baby Cakes. Yeah, yeah. You're using my babies. That one fits. And uh, Julia, again, very fitting, Little Yum Yum. This, and I'm not making this up. This is I pulled this Good. shit straight from from the quotes. Uh, uh not <clears throat> not what I was expecting that you would uh lead off there with yeah little yum yum baby cakes chuckles and precious this is a uh a great episode uh the statue i know i haven't i haven't listed the name of it yet the statue going into this i was very excited uh one of my <clears throat> all-time favorite episodes i'll go ahead and get it out of the gate this is a five for me wow this is uh, i'll start with it this is how excited i am wow. about this episode five Love imdb it. does not have it as high oh as no it. this is this is they don't have it low by any means. This is kind of but. what people consider like a middle of their episode, but there's as Seinfeld fans, and then getting to see the inside look, which I'll get into. Uh, Kramer's got some choice quotes about his character in this episode. Uh, Larry Charles is very influential in this episode. I, I will be interested to hear 
those Kramer quotes because I thought he was like really fucking funny in this episode. Yeah, th- he's great in this episode. The notes, the notes about nothing. This is why I love the DVDs. Uh, <laughs> I called myself. I called myself a Seinfeld. I said we are Seinfeld purists. I called you a purist. Uh, I hope you don't take issue with that. Uh, and they said we do as the DVD guides, and you know we just watch these in that order. And the notes about nothing are a pretty self-aware little bit in amongst themselves. Like they do bits in the notes about nothing as if Jerry and Larry were writing it, even though you know that they didn't all these little random facts or whatever. But this one, it took the notes to another level, man. It was like a tourism pitch for Finland. I didn't write all this stuff down because I didn't find it like a all that. A prison pitch? No, not a prison pitch, a tourism pitch. Oh, uh, for the for the country of Finland, it was giving me all kinds of like geographical and economical information, and like ended the episode with a comment just... about the population because Rava's from Finland and well, Finland why... gets a couple other references throughout this show. Didn't they just make her from Finland though? Because the chick who played Rava was from Finland or some bullshit like that. Did they? It wouldn't surprise me if they did. Oh, I, I thought that that's what I had read during my research. Yeah, she didn't have too many IMDb credits. No, no, she had like this. She's like 17. And like, oh, yeah. it Something it, less than I that. Nothing on, in the last like two decades. Even on like her IMDb synopsis or whatever, it's like she's known very for like short. this role and something else. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, if this is her role she's known for, okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent here uh because you brought something up that I have thought about and it's something that gets brought up a lot on another podcast I listen to. You know me, I'm a big Office fan. Mm-hmm. And I listen to the Office Ladies podcast where Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey talk about their time on the Office. And they have a lot of their a lot of these bit characters that randomly come in like we see in Seinfeld, like like the Ravas and the Rays and the uh, the Steve Piscatello and uh, all these characters that we'll see you know eventually go on to be you know more and more famous. This happens a lot. This happened a lot with The Office, and people go up to them and they like no matter how famous they've been or what other shows that they've done that are arguably more famous than The Office, they always get recognized as oh you did that thing on The Office that one time. Well, I did 120 episodes of this other thing. Uh, you know, like one of the kids on Glee, he was like, he always like, I did a hundred and some odd episodes on this really famous television show. And yet everybody always recognizes me from my one episode, 10 minutes on the office. And I think you see that a lot with like these sorts of characters, whether they were, you know, go on to do famous things or not. They always end up being known as that one. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that one person from the office, Yeah, that yeah. one person from Seinfeld. Yeah, I I would understand more of that in like a world today rather than a world of even like ten years ago. I think Seinfeld is that early generation, but only, of but that. only because of like the binging culture. Like I feel like The Office is one of those shows that like supremely benefited from it being right at the beginning of binge, binge culture co- in television. Seinfeld's pretty bingeable. You and it I is, binged it, it. It is when it became accessible. Think of how long it became it took for it to become accessible past just the DVDs. But we were, I mean, for for us, I got yes. it's it's hard to think outside of the casual nature. The Office of things. was almost available immediately, and I bet I bet Office DVDs, I bet sold exponentially. Not sorry, I should say exponentially faster. But I bet if you look 
The Office on premiered in like 2005, so DVD, there was no streaming back in 2005. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, is that I bet even Office DVD sets bought still had a faster climb rate than that of Seinfeld DVD spot. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to make a more of a comparison to like watching this in like nineties context. Like all these a lot of these characters will go on to play bigger roles and like say you didn't like I'm 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 looking at it from this like nineties point of view, like these episodes premiered, like the statue um looped back in with a sixteen one share a six ah, damn it. A 16-1 rating and a 26 share, so 20, and that equated to about 23 million people at the time. So 23 million people like watched this episode when sure, it premiered. But typically, when we think about Seinfeld, though, and we think about the big characters and the stars that they become, mm-hmm. we think about their later roles. We think about their later roles rather with The Office. We don't think about their their big roles. We, Think about that one role with the office. Because it's like the inverse of it. I'm, I okay. So it's it's a similar comparison, but not the same. I think this is the strongest disagreement or maybe misagreement we've had so far on this podcast. I don't always have sure to get along. That. Damn it! I think we're just saying two. Is this a six or is this a six of one half dozen of another? I think I I think you're pretty much just going one way. And I'm going the other. I have no idea. I just okay. I just found it interesting that like you said that she's got that one thing. She does. So. But like, I mean, like a bajillion people on IMDb have like those one or two things. Fuck it. Let me just loop back to the to this episode's uh, reading and aired. So it was read on January twenty third, nineteen ninety one, which was actually the debut of season two. So you think they all got together and like? Watched it after they read for the for this episode. Probably not. Maybe I didn't, there was no premiere, no. But yeah. it, it, so I think there's a chance any other episode. I'd say probably not, yeah. just because it, you know, hey, yeah. been there, done it. Uh, but the premiere kind of holds something special. I would think. Yeah, they taped on January 29th, ninety one. Or maybe aired. they did watch every episode they could to try and help with the fucking rating. Right. I don't think they needed it at this point. It aired April 11th, 91. Uh, 16.1 rating, 26 share. 23 million people. I mean, that's pretty freaking awesome in today's standards. Pretty, I guess, average for that time. Uh, the notes made a point to to point out that that's four times the population of Finland. So the only Finland fact I wrote down because it was the funniest and the most snarky Is neutral? of all the... Yeah, they did mention that they were neutral. <laughs> And they border Russia, and that's a bold, like, I'm going to stand right up next to you and go, I want nothing to do with you or anybody else. So fuck right off. You're not going to invade me. Um, so, yeah, the inside look actually had some really good, <clears throat> really good quotes from Michael Richards, uh, Julia, and uh, Jason. Uh, a little bit, and I'll give you one now, and I'll save a little bit uh, for later, but he definitely felt that this episode is when Kramer became Kramer. Uh, he's got a good long, longer longer quote later um, yeah, that I'll give you when we're talking about. To, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The later I'll scene. Yeah. 
to hear that again because again that's a good examination of when did Kramer become Kramer oh it's this episode 100% I agree with him okay no I'm, I'm interested to hear his take and, and I mean I'm not I'm not one to I'm not gonna sit here and argue with Michael Richards about when he became his most iconic character true but true I, I am interested to kind of you know, hear what he had to say and then kind of take a look back at myself and go, okay, mm-hmm. when do I think it happened? Uh, Julia talks about uh, an inside joke. So, you know, we all have our famous uh, favorite Seinfeld lines, you know, no soup for you. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that is one of my favorites. Um but the cast, you know, had their own as well. But it was a lot of like, that day, my friend. yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, the one that that popped the cast was Rava's delivery of Desre late as usual, and they would frequently, you know, throughout the years on set, you know, recite that to each other in a situation where it was relevant to get a good, you know, laugh and. Uh, I found that to be to be really really interesting because that's a, that's that's a pretty fun fun uh, funny thing I guess it's her delivery of it, um, and then Jason Alexander goes on to talk a little bit more about uh, the actress who played Rava, who was an ex girlfriend of Richard Lewis. If you've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know who Richard Lewis is. Uh, but I guess Jerry and Rava were you know having a conversation and and Rava was you know being disagreeable or whatever it was and Jerry I guess replied with um you know oh God, I can't remember what her name was because you know having a conversation with you is like driving a truck full of nitroglycerin down a bumpy road <laughs> and Jason says you know I've, I've pulled that out from time to time and definitely you know footnoted it to Jerry Seinfeld but I thought that was a pretty funny thing that that Jason would overhear and That's then repeat good, yeah. repeat back to people. So inside look was good. It was it was you know it was it was full of fun, fun um, fun little quick you know quick hits from their their longer interviews. Um, but yeah, jumping into that first stand up, funny but dated. Uh, sure, uh, but I wouldn't say too dated. I mean, I think you just change it to pre-approved credit card and you have the same results. Yeah, because um, I, I I definitely remember enough like sweepstakes kind of things or like even you know back when I was in college I'd get the junk mail with like the the key to the car in it and if you have this key to unlock the car <laughs> you win the car right you know it just like um so I wouldn't say terribly dated but a I little. think I think the punchline is the best part in his delivery of it where he's like. Because uh, this is where he gets really good with like his gesturing, and you see this a little bit in this episode with his acting as well. You know, from a stand-up comedian days, he he gestures a lot, and when he's talking about like reading the, uh, you know, you flip it over, not even close in the fine print. We cannot even believe how terribly you have done in this contest. Yeah, I think that the delivery of that's really on point, and and like I said, his the way he reads it and reacts to it, it's all part of his act, but. Uh, you see this really kind of bleed through in in this stand up, you know, 
specifically, I think. One thing I did notice in the credits, uh, did Tom Sharonis get like a supervising producer credit all of a sudden? Oh, I didn't see that. Like, that looked new to me. It's not something I've been paying attention to because I see his name. Obviously, he directed this episode. Uh, Mark that down. (laughs) Mark it eight, dude. And, yeah, so supervising producer credit for our good buddy Tom. Uh, Good for him. Um, there was a staff writer in the audience. One of the girls they cut to laughing at Jerry is a staff writer Karen Wilk, a oh. uh, girl in the glasses. I actually took a picture of it. I'll actually, uh, I'll actually throw it up on the uh, the Instagram. And uh, yeah, oh, I plugged it at the very beginning. You did. So uh, entrance number twenty eight for Kramer when he comes in. Uh, he finally dragged Jerry down to the basement to to, to pull up. <laughs> Gra- and Gra- Grandpa, we're gonna we're gonna give Grandpa Seinfeld a name. His name was Irving in an early draft, so Irving Seinfeld stuff. Uh, I like it. It's very Kramer wanting to pull this box up of Jerry's just to rummage through it to try and find. You don't wear you don't wear knee high socks. Knee high socks. We we both gestured knee high socks, but you can't see it. <laughs> it was a very it was a very Kramer bit. Um, I loved it. Uh, I like that George was just in there. We pick up a story midway through. George even offers, like, hey, I got a cleaning lady. Jerry's like, no, dude, I got somebody coming over. You know, he goes to Columbia or something like that. You know, lots of, lots of actors, lots of out-of-work actors these guys are involved with. Uh, George's use of uh, Anthema. Yeah. Um, That's of course, why I was just looking up on. Well, of course you know the notes. Whenever something like that gets dropped, has to has to explain it to me. So, it is anything that is intensely disliked. Mm. So that's that's what I was googling on my phone did just you, a moment ago. Did you get the alternate definition as well? Um, I'm sure I looked at it. But a I'm religious just... term for a ban or curse pronounced by a religious authority i i do i i did see that the example it gave used the pope in the example it gave okay so yeah the pope can do shit that's what i was having a conversation with my wife and i was like so is that like when like somebody like smites somebody from like a pulpit or something like that because they're like a religious authority figure and that's what they're like cursing or i you know Yes. And like when that covid19 preacher was like ah put a curse on you that was an anthem yes Anthema. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Notes about nothing for explaining that to me. Um, that statue, man, I would love a statue like that. I don't care for it. You don't care for it? Not, not that I dislike it. Um, I would rock it even if I'd never seen it in this episode. It's something that if somebody was like, "Here, you know, this would look good in your house," I'd be like, "Yeah, it probably would somewhere." But if I never saw that thing in my life, I'd be like, I probably don't need it. I like it, but I like, you know, cheap spinster tchotchke it shit. It, yeah, it just didn't look. It was okay. It was an okay statue. Um, the original song for George that he had sung when he broke the statue was there ain't no cure for the summertime blues, and they switched it to MacArthur Park. Well, I was gonna earn a buck. I was gonna earn a dollar. Yeah. So, 
Apparently, this song, now, MacArthur Park. Someone just trying to earn a dollar. Mm. All I can think of is like Alan Jackson singing that song. What I'm gonna do, cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. You see, that's how like country I am. <laughs> to go to go along with another podcast we do. I was gonna cash that on here. Yeah. But apparently this MacArthur Park that they switched it to is, you know, sometimes called the worst song ever because it's apparently got absurd lyrics over like a sad tune. It's famously sung by Donna Summers. Uh, Donna Summer, Summer Singular. Uh, and you can find it on any like streaming service. And then there's another version by Richard Harris that is apparently pretty popular too. Uh, just an interesting little footnote about that song. Thank now, you. is this the scene Notes. where Kramer um, mentions Dragnet? Yeah, he specifically mentions Joe Friday. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was this scene or if it was a later scene where he mentions. Joe yeah, Friday so this down. this whole this whole Dragnet Joe Friday oh my God. bit they run it throughout the entire. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, so Larry Charles writer who has brought some really good episodes he he gets a supervising writer credit on this one or an assistant writer whatever it is that they get when they you know didn't write it but they're like a part of it whatever he apparently in the early seasons of of writing episodes was watching lots of dragnet reruns in la and definitely been there i've told you (laughs) daytime tv like can definitely be like a crazy thing um and yeah he just he, he put this thread because he thought it was funny and Kramer pulls it off so well. Interesting. Does does Larry Charles write the trip at all? You know. I don't know. We can get there though. Because they um, the kinds of similarities in uh, how the cops react in the trip. I can see spoofing on like a dragnet or something like that. For sure. The way it's shot, the camera angles. Yeah. For sure. I definitely definitely agree with that. Um. Jerry, Jerry cheating at Ink and Ink for George. Oh my gosh, this was great because it's like totally childish. You know, we we've all done like the the Inky Dink or the um, Eeny Meeny Miny Mo. Eeny Meeny Mo. And the, there's always it's always ways to cheat there. There's, there's always these show favoritism. These longer versions of the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet you are always waiting to see what what spot of the rhyme you landed on because like, okay if i land on this part that means yeah. i'm gonna be here later yeah. and that's good well and i will say george is right because when you're going back and forth like it, it, it it's either you're it or you're not it it all depends on the rhyme because my eeny meeny miny mo was not it. But it, it and you didn't want to be it and then the way jerry says that it, it says and you are it see dude, it is good i I, always, I agree with george it is good i always shied away from these things because i've been part of both i've been part of all the many different rhymes and oh then, shit that is backwards and, and then the well, the you are it, you are not it, it being good, it being bad. Okay. I've been part of all those variables, bro, and I hate it. Oh, my God. Here's I, the it, difference. There's so much confusion. It's Here's, house rules. True. Here's the difference. True. House rules. Jerry, Jerry, house rules and Jerry, Jerry's rules. It depends on if it's what is the what is the outcome? Is the outcome good or bad? It's, it's all contextual. It's all contextual. That's all it is. In this context, it is good. George wins, but Jerry did cheat. <laughs> so we meet Rava. The, Are they in the apartment at this time? Are they in Jerry's apartment 
Yeah, uh, Elaine and Elaine and Rava are reading, are going over her manuscript, uh, while Jerry's. Yeah, they're waiting on. See, this is pissing me off. They're waiting on Ray, late as usual. <laughs> Stop smoking my apartment. I mean, there's I definitely. Was so I'm, <sighs> yeah, I'm happy that they, that, yeah, that I mean, Jerry. Here in a few scenes, but I was already like, bitch. Do not smoke. I mean, it's 1991. It's early 90s. I, and I put myself, but like I made that an excuse. And I was like, I put myself in the 90s context. Yeah. Even in the 90s, I'd have been like, bitch, don't smoke in my apartment. I, I, I guess you got to assume if that we're out Elaine has prefaced to 90s, Jerry. You know, like a TGI Fridays or a Chili's in the 90s and we sit in the smoking section or whatever. And if people are smoking, I get it. Jerry and Elaine are not going to TGI Fridays. Rava is not going to a Chili's. I'm just saying, bitch. Don't <laughs> Stop smoke smoking my apartment. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, so the Virgin actually read for the part of Rava. Uh, yeah. She comes back, you know, a few seasons later, but definitely following that path of actors who auditioned for a role didn't get it and were brought back for something else. Right. Um, just found that interesting. Uh, and other casting notes, Hank Azaria and Tony Shalhoub auditioned for Ray. And I would love to live in that alternate universe where either one of those characters got that part. Because I would love to see their take on this character. The Ray character bothers me too, bro. Dude, he's so over the top. He's a scumbag. Okay, it's not, it's not the over the topness, bro. It's that the only reason why we're supposed to believe this dude is in college is because they gave him a fucking Kmart fucking like high school fucking jacket. Like... Uh, other than that, this dude is not in college. This is like a thirty-five-year-old dude a- actor. You can't. Are you saying? Are you? He's in. Well, one, he's in graduate school. He's at Columbia grad, which means you can be a little older as a student in graduate school. You can go back, you know, later. Well, then why give him the fucking? I don't think that's. Do you think that's a Columbia like letter jacket? I I don't know. I didn't look it up. I mean, I, I just thought that Columbia was Columbia letter jacket. But I think it's supposed to represent kind of his that he's in college i just saw it as like just 90s jacket i just took it as bad early 90s fashion i think the overtop was, was funny it wasn't the character ray that bothered me it was the yeah. actor that portrayed ray that bothered me. yeah uh the the script description for ray from the notes said although he carries cleaning equipment he also carries the air of a pretentious mannerly affected actor and I was like, yeah, that's uh, that that about sums it up. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I do like them introducing the dynamic super early on between him and Rava. They're completely different fucking people, which makes the situation funny. Well, she's attracted like to his like over the top gimmick, but it's a bit like right. she's attracted see, to the bit, not him. We see that. Later apparently on. he makes love though like an animal. <laughs> apparently he does make love like an animal. We do find that out as well. But we, um, when he comes back into his own apartment later on, and he goes to sit down, 
and she's like, Rava, can you get the pastry? Or, or she's like, yeah. Ray, can you get the pastries? And he's like, he's like, fine, I'll get it. Or yeah, whatever. I'm coming. Um, <coughs> in the 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 commercial, we'll call it. We'll start calling it the commercial break stand-up because that's usually what it's used as uh, in the middle of the show. It's the bit about the cleaning lady and you know being uncomfortable, uh, you know, with her. You know, being there when the cleaning lady's over there. Tale old as time, bro. Right. Not an uncommon thing if you've ever grew up in a household with that. Um, we had. But apparently it's based on, like, Jerry being, like, an in real life neat freak. Like, that's not a bit. <laughs> we had, you know, my parents would have a lady every, or, you know, a, a service or whatever come and clean mm-hmm. the house every now and then. But it was always before, hey, pick up your room for the cleaning lady. And it's like. The fuck? Okay. Like, it's, like, like, I get it. You don't want to just be an absolute slob, and you want to be, like, respectful. And really, their job isn't to come in there and, like, do your shit. It's more or less right. There's, like, but there's a difference the between a, 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 living, a living housekeeper versus, like, somebody that comes to basically deep clean your house yeah. every couple weeks. Like, yeah. They're doing the shit that you don't want to do, which is, you know, they're breaking out the the high range Swiffer to get those high blinds, and they're getting down on the baseboard and doing all the and, and doing all the dusting. Like, dude, dude I, I will fully fucking admit one thing that like I have to do. Like, I, it, it bothers me every time I look at it. Is my ceiling fan needs to be dusted real bad? Get your ass up there and do it. Get a step ladder. Get a towel. Do I put do I, do I put like a trash bag down over my bed? Do I take my bed completely out of there? Because it's directly above my bed, bro. Do you got and like I don't want all that dust blanket. lying down on my fucking bed. I mean, do you want like the 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 way I do it? You could throw like a blanket that you don't use, like like an extra spare blanket over everything on your bed, and then you just like there's no get, thing as a spare blanket. You get house. you get a flat piece of cardboard wider than the fan blade itself, and you follow it down as you wipe along to hopefully catch anything. And then, you know, whatever you cover will hopefully protect it in and of itself. It's not, it's, that's not a task you can necessarily rush through. Yeah, that's a task yeah. that takes, absolutely not. It's not my ceiling fan. Absolutely it. not. Yeah. I may have lived in this house. Doesn't mean I've ever been in that room and slept in it. Yeah, so it does. It does you're no, absolutely not. Sorry to ask. I mean, you, <laughs> you seem to have a decent handle on the subject matter. I'm just trying to help you out, trying to give you you and all of our listeners a life pro tip on how to clean your ceiling fan. If you've let it get if you've let it get dusty enough to where you're worried about chunks of it falling on your bed. I'm worried about it. Okay. Uh I got a list of elastic superheroes that Jerry didn't name. Yeah, is that what I wrote here? What did I write here? Mr. Fantastic, The Elongated Man, Elastic Lad, The Shape, Metamorpho, and I think all of our childhood favorite, Stretch Armstrong. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think it's right now super clean. I, Jerry, I, 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 go ahead. I, I, the, the fascination, <laughs> the fascination with the taking off of the coagulation around the it's something I totally relate with. That the I, something I, it bothers me again. I, I got the life on it. You literally unscrew the cab, uh, run it under some hot water, open it up, run it under some hot water. The soap will melt off. 
dry it with a paper towel, screw it back on. My it's the simplest thing. Like simplest the thing. The shampoo and like the bathroom, like the coagulate or like. I, I, little brothers are the worst. Like 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 my little brother. Wipe that shit off. You're in the sh- you're in the shower. Wipe that shit off. My little brother would let his toothpaste fucking like get. Okay, all, well that's like, different. That's oh, that toothpaste so is gross. different on like a toothbrush or on like a toothpaste. That's nasty. Like a cat. Yeah, like. Gross. Of course, I'm an advocate for like brush your teeth in the shower for I, time I, I, and ease purposes, and that shit's real easy just to rinse off right there. Life hacks. They didn't know they were getting at this episode. But they're getting I am all. I told you, man. This is a big episode. Um, we do get our first Lipman name drop, although we won't appear uh, until season three. Oh. Um, the library, which is a great episode. Um. Good time for some uh, choice uh, Julia and Jerry quotes. So Julia talking about, you know, the character uh, and the show and how, quote, the writing appeared natural and realistic. And that's what appealed to her about the show. And uh, she also said, I think Elaine is sort of like myself. She's accepted. Uh, she uh, except she's got more edge and she's a lot more neurotic than me so I think this is just it follows the line of all these characters are just like different versions of people turned up to 10 a little bit mm-hmm. you know Costanza is Larry David Kramer's this weird character uh, Jerry's you know Jerry and then Elaine's you know Julia in her own way Um, and uh I guess specifically in this scene, uh, Jerry, again, with the, the he's got a lot of gestures with him and Julia when they're arguing, uh, when Jerry and Elaine are arguing about the statue. I've never seen you get a statue. I had a statue. There's a lot of gesturing and a lot of the back and forth. I think Jerry gets that from the stand-up, and he actually talked about the difference between stand-up and live studio audiences. He said, quote, the hardest adjustment to make between performing and performing live and performing on TV was realizing they could see you and not having it, uh, not having to scream and yell and raise your arms. It can be very, uh, very subtle medium, uh, talking about television. Our show is pretty subtle compared to most sitcoms, uh, which are pretty, you know, pie in the face. As far as the material goes, subtle, uh, we found that subtlety can work. If you give people the chance to watch it, it does work. And I think that's something like we've we've talked about. Like they they do a good job of laying groundwork and um, doing callbacks, and those are subtle things. You know what I mean? It's not always the big funny punchline. It's the storyline that later gets talked about. You know, three four episodes later. You know, Kramer and Elaine with the doves. So, um, yeah, that one took a long time to write down. So I was like, I'm gonna read this whole fucking quote. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I found that just really, you know, cause he, it's a live, I, I love thinking about that show. It's a live studio audience. Like that's all you get are laugh tracks these days. And maybe they're told to, to applaud and laugh, whatever. And you'll hear certain laughs throughout the series. And like, there's like legitimate people behind that, you know, usually like assistant directors and stuff like not assistant directors, but different production people like writers and such will get in there and laugh at their own jokes to make it really funny. Um, 
and yeah, I think his, his comments about the difference being like, they can see you, but like, they don't have to like, you don't have to yell at them like you would in a comedy show. Like it's a docile audience. Like they're here to watch you and to laugh at you no matter what. They're not here to boo you. They're not going to boo you. They're going to laugh no matter what. I found that interesting. And they're going to be, they're, they're going to be quiet. They're, they're not, they're not going to make any random noise unless the act is called for it. You know, they're, if, if something is meant to be funny, they're going to laugh. Whether they're told to or not, if it's meant to be funny, it's going to yeah. laugh. And besides that, they're not going to make a sound. Whereas if you're at a comedy club or you're doing some other mm-hmm. kind of live performance, drunk people there's different love to be kinds loud. of factors that can always be uh, thrown out there um, around, you know, a heckler or something. There, their sole purpose is to be that that kind of boost, you know, that, that, um, What's the fucking, uh, not, not a moral boost, uh, not like a morale boost, but like a, um, atmosphere boost. Sure, sure, sure. I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's something that, I mean, TV shows are shot completely differently these days, so you, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt, but this is something that, like, for the time, is just really fun, I think, and this, we haven't really talked about the live studio audience aspect of it, really, at all. Um, I just find it interesting. I enjoy it. I like it. I wish there was more of it, but... I, I wish there was more live studio audience today... <clears throat> Rather than laugh track, I, it's it's really hard for me these days to watch um, sitcoms with a laugh track or something without. They're pretty bad. And I've I've got to go in there already, like removing a layer of like seriousness. I'm going to take the show, you know. Like whereas now, if I'm watching a comedy show on television, it, it's a multi-camera show. It's a it's a the Goldbergs. It's a it's a modern fan, you know. It's it's a multi-camera TV right. show rather Not, than uh, a live sit-down, you know, sitcom. Like a, yeah, we're gonna sit down and a do three a, camera a three-camera. Yeah, yeah, here, here, and here. Um, a wide and two close-ups. I I think it really. I think it's the, my favorite type of shooting. The so over simple production of the well, instead of just telling a live audience of when to laugh, now we're just gonna tell the sit-down audience. That's why, yeah. I don't like that. I true, and with the you know, and that's and the the whole idea of the stand-ups. You know, Jerry works that material out on on people before the show, and sometimes that stuff works itself into 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 the promos. Like I, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but I know I've, I've definitely. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I think, with the I, I think we've the definitely past. talked about that for sure. Um. I had one more little bit because we get a Norse god, uh, uh, at least in this, uh, the first. Uh, Are we still in? We're still, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to loop back to this stupid Norse, Norse comment that Ray makes. Uh, okay. In Rava's apartment. This is clearly Rava's apartment because Jerry's upset because he sees. The, haven't we haven't really talked about, about the apartment. theft. I just, I just yeah. make sure we didn't leave Rava's apartment before I made this. No, tell me what you have about Rava's apartment. I just want to know, like, because, like, they do it a lot in the show, but, like, just using random people's phones in the I, 90s. That's just, true. That's true. I would come out. They, I, I they just, pull that they bit do. out a lot in this. 
I guess that's just something you could do back in the day. Like just walk over somebody's house phone and just use it. Like it's an emergency or I got to check in on somebody. Not one of those times. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the plot too much. Jerry, you know, he sees the, the statue, you know, him and the lane have the big argument. He uses the phone. Um, Ray comes out with some pastries and he, and he's, he's mentioned something about them being Norse or whatever. And in the original draft, they were talking about him being named after Norse gods. And he actually offers Jerry a Thor. He says, have a Thor. And I was like, another one of those little bits. So I was like, I would love to have seen how that would have gone. I didn't catch. Like, I would love the original draft on that. I just, the historical, you know, I'm, I'm all about the historical, uh, references, um. Oh, we get the first monks, monks. Okay, yeah, so coming up. Is that the next scene? So, so yes. Now we're. Sorry, I was looking at my notes. Now we're in Jerry's apartment. We're we're back at Jerry's apartment. They're all sitting around. My brain melted for um, ninety seconds. I'm sorry. They're all sitting around, and uh, they're like, well, "What do we do?" And that's when uh uh it's when Kramer says the uh let's go get them line. Yeah, so this, um, I'll give you, if I can hunt it down, I'll give you, I'll give you the Kramer quote here, um, because this is kind of where I feel like Kramer really says, let's go get him, like, three, four times. He's just, he's hell-bent on doing this whole Joe Friday bit. Um, Ever since he got the, yeah, ever since he got the hat. Yeah, so he says on Kramer's evolution, he goes, in the beginning, I wasn't sure how far I could go, because the acting from... Jason and Julia and Jerry is very natural, and I didn't want to go too broad or too much of a caricature. I did know what the parameters were. Uh, I didn't know what the parameters were, but now I've gotten the sense of how far I can go. Um, uh, Kramer's turning point is basically, uh, and it's it's in and it's in a following. Uh, it's in the later scene, but Kramer believes the true turning point is the whole, you know, uh, come in and thing at the, and end. Thing at the end. And we'll get into that. I, I don't want to talk about that scene uh, too much right there. Um, but that's like he he truly believes that it's this because he this was really the episode where he got to kind of um, do something really besides being a supporting character. He got to do something. Um and then yeah this is when we get the first uh first call out of monks we monks get the confirmation that it that it that it's monks when they all call them fighting over the phone is 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 a good bit i love yeah. i love all four of them in the apartment it's 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 you know it seems natural all four all four of them being there um yeah it's true when everything is like really good bits you you do kind of want them all to be there that's what makes it seem Really yeah. fun. Like, and they all have they all, and they all have their own investment in this in this storyline. Like, Jerry feels like he's been robbed. George wants the statue back. It's Elaine's job on the line, and Kramer wants justice. <laughs> they all have their they all have their own. <laughs> they all have their own uh, stake in the you know skin in the game uh, per se. It's uh, just a fun just a fun scene. Uh, Again, just love them fighting over the phone. Jerry has to hush them like a mother hen. Like, hey, 
I am on the phone. Um, originally, uh, Elaine was supposed to be in that diner scene. I like that it was George. Um, Elaine would have been good. But I, there's something about just the Jason Alexander, George delivery where I'm glad it was George doing the classic FBI sit behind the park bench scene. Like, I, I love that. That's great. She apparently would have been sitting across from George in like a big hat uh, complaining about the hat and her and George would have a little back and forth. Um, okay. I did, can see it would be a little much, but oh, that'd yeah. still be funny. Did you, did you happen to see Norman sitting at the counter? No. I didn't. I I saw IMDb reference it. I didn't catch it. Uh, if you just look, whenever Jerry's uh, talking, he's kind of in between George and Jerry, just kind of sitting back there. Uh, and then we do get we we get we get another call back in this episode to uh, the wuss from the phone message. Did you just call me a wuss? Did you just call me a wuss? Yeah. Uh alternate draft of the story had George following Ray and taking pictures of him and then showing them to him, you know, you're at a pool hall in a bar working hard, you con artist, and Ray would apparently follow up with, it was my day off, and why weren't you working? <laughs> or right now, and apparently George would run back off to work, but this obviously works uh, a whole lot better. Yeah, I think the, um, the outward product is better. Yeah. Uh... Again, he's got this jacket that you hate. Yeah, I just think I can't it's. Stand it. I just think it's. I just think it's bad '90s fashion. And this dude really only seems to have like one outfit. Shirt, it's only tie, bad jacket. '90s fashion if you count like like maybe he went and saw Rudy, and it was, it was like shortly after that drop, and then it was like really like down with the Sean Astin scene. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's bad '90s fashion. Otherwise, I just call this just bad wardrobe. I mean, there's just a guy. You think there's a guy? See, there's no markings. I don't really. This is just. He picked this up in a thrift store, man. Like, that's just. They're so poor and he's so eclectic, you know, getting things at, you know, Chinese, you know, uh, thrift thrift stores. Uh, Jerry still wants to know how he got the nozzle clean. And it's like, dude, he robbed you and you still want to know about the nozzle? Just run it under some hot water, man. It's not hard. How you gotta like flip them off, like a butter knife. No, dude, it un those nozzles unscrew. Then you just run it under hot water with your hands. It's soap with water. It's just gonna dissolve and get soapy and bubbly. And then you wash it off, dry it with a paper towel. Make sure you get the inner ring. Screw it back on. Or you just flick them at your friends with a butter knife. That's disgusting. Then you get it's soap everywhere. So- then you slip, and now your neck's broken. Or your friend tears his ACL and he sues you because he, you know, because you were drooling from your dental appointment. Now he's going to sue you. Some people drool after going to the dentist. Problem when there's canes in the area. The velvet fog. So the next scene, the elevator scene. Good scene. I like this scene. Why? Because they call Rob out for smoking in public. Or in a place that specifically says, "Hey, don't fucking smoke here, bitch." No, but it was it was where I was like, "Thank you, my guy in the back. Thank you for saying something. That's kind of rude to smoke in a fucking elevator." It, it, 90s or not, it's just rude to smoke in a fucking elevator. True, 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 true. Um, I 
think there are big and small coincidences, not not just coincidences. Big coincidences and small coincidences. No, I just coincidences. I, I I think I think they're all relative, you know, to how they affect you. But uh, I do think that there are bigger ones and smaller ones, not just coincidences. Just to piggyback off their conversation they had in the elevator. Context is key. Always, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, always. Um, Did get uh, a JLD quote from her SNL time. Because for whatever reason, the notes decided to bring up some SNL stuff for, like, no reason at all. Um, And because she generally doesn't talk about it i'm like you know they're kind of it's kind of interesting to to find these quotes you know buried deep in a you know notes about nothing about the statue you know what i mean um she says she learned an enormous amount from it uh doesn't miss it she said three years is a long time it was a grueling experience a very hard job to have it uh, was a big cast and there was a huge competition every week to get material on the air Mm mm-hmm and if you're not down for that sort of environment, you're just not going to, you know, thrive in it. I'm not saying she's not funny or isn't cut out for it. I mean, I think she's gone back and hosted recently. I say recently. I'm old as shit now. feels like recently could be like, oh, that was five years ago. What the fuck? No, it felt like, you know, I think within year the week, lifetime, she's, she's gone back. And right. And she's proven exactly how funny she is. But it, you know, and whatever i just found it interesting you know she said i didn't realize she was on there for three years that was my biggest takeaway i was like damn three years yeah i i didn't know she's on there for three years and then a crossover to it i know we've talked about larry david writing one year for snl and only getting one skit on the air um in like the last 10 minutes of the episode uh but he was there the one one of the years that julia was there mm-hmm. so just an interesting little crossover um and then I think there was some Fridays crossover in my notes somewhere. I'm looking for it. I think it was uh, Larry Charles, I think, wrote a little bit. Where is it? I know I've got it here. Yeah, there it is. Larry Charles also wrote for Fridays with Larry David, Um, which I was like, okay, there's so many Fridays references. I got to go look some of this shit up. It's pretty bad, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were trying to rip off SNL, but you weren't trying to be funny and you were actually like legitimately like trying to do an SNL ripoff. Oh, damn. Like your weekend update was called Friday updates. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But like not like an unironic ripoff of it. Like you're actually trying to do like funny stories with jokes tied to them. Like it's just like, no. Not even just like mad TV style. Just like not like their own shit. Just blatant ripoffs. Of, blatant like, ripoffs. Damn. Like and then like some of their originality stuff like I don't know I'll I I will I will link some teasers maybe I'll post stuff in like the Discord because the full videos are pretty cringy and you really don't want to like watch more than like ninety seconds of it but maybe I'll you know tease some on social media post them in the Discord if you're interested you can follow us there um. I like how it only took like 28 floors for this whole, you know, business relationship to like break down <laughs> before like, yeah, like, I, like I, Rob is already off at the end when they, when they got off the elevator the last time I was expecting it to be, you know, maybe them get out and then go their separate ways or whatever. Nope. It was out 
and it's Jesse Lane getting off and throwing away the manuscript. And yeah. I was like, I'm, oh, I'm, that's, that's funny. Just dumping it. Just dumping it. And now she's forced to, uh, what, review recipe books? Food allergy cookbooks. Food allergy cookbooks. That's right. Oh, that sucks. Um, one last, uh, one last note on the elevator scene. Rava's delivery of how about I put the cigarette out on your face is just, just amazing. I love it so much. I better put the cigarette out on your face. Like I want that as like. Like a like not like a gift like if like because I think the next step for gifts is probably what sound which is just like because gifts yeah, are just, just small videos clips, just straight like right but like a gift is just a compressed video file yeah that's all it is like we're sorry I mean sound clips I want that like somebody pisses me off like how about I put this cigarette out on your face I want that as instead like instead of us sending each other's like clips like clips on YouTube you'll just be sending each other like just the clip and just the clip will pop up and yeah that. yeah, yeah. Or uh, VR. Or augmented AR. Elaine's suggestion of Molotov cocktails is a Finn reference. Ah, uh, yeah, caught that. That was funny. Uh, I love how much chocolate she puts in the ice cream. Mm, she just keeps going. Do that, then put it down again. Oh, yeah, I like that. Everyone's down in the apartment, and and all Kramer wants is justice. <laughs> He's so, so upset. upset. This is and and. For the Kramer that we've seen, this is a completely different Kramer. He's brooding. He's a, he's like annoyed. Like usually, like he's funny. He's kooky. He's out there chasing doves, getting drunk, talking to hooker. You know, convincing guys to call hookers. Like en- encouraging married men to cheat on their wives. And now here he is. You know, losing sleep over. You know his buddy's house. That you know. This may or may not have been robbed. Scene of him going into the apartment to get the statue back is it, it is probably the beginning of Kramer, just because like it's the most physical he's been at this point. Like, he goes in there, puts the guy up against the thing, and I don't know if it was directed to him or not, but when he goes back and turns his head the other way real fast before he continues on. Yeah, oh, that's fucking genius. Yeah, I don't know. If that, again, I don't know if that. Was, I don't need you seeing me what I'm doing. I don't know here. if that was directed or if yeah. he just did that spur of the yeah. moment. That's fucking yeah. great. And then props to the actor where he when he kind of is leaning back. I would think it's a directorial move because when he kind of leans, like kind of looks back a couple times, and Kramer tells him like a couple times, like hey, get, 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 you know, hug the wall, pervert. Uh. The actor makes sure to turn, keep his head turned into that corner that Kramer had turned mm-hmm. into. Um, my favorite thing is how he's in character from the get-go. And then he says, I don't even know who you are. And then in character, he goes, yeah, let's keep it that way. And he just like, <laughs> a, you know, because he just home invaded and, and burgled this dude, you know. I was that that to me was like the crutch scene of this episode. That scene I was like that's Oh, it it hysterical. It tied everything in together because Elaine had lost the job. Jerry had felt, you know, you know, his house been invaded. Uh uh somebody stole from him. George, you know, getting his vindication. Um oh and um Yeah, Kramer Kramer's, I guess, evolution. You know what I mean? You know, he comes in with the suspenders and everybody's all happy about it. 
Uh, and then, of course, in tr- typical Seinfeld fashion, nobody can actually win. You know, you oh can't you can't actually benefit from invading some dude's home and stealing a statue that may coincidentally have just been purchased at a thing in Chinatown. Uh, and maybe Jerry pawned it off and just you know maybe Jerry broke it and didn't want to and found a way out. That far, I, I think it was just misplaced. Or maybe that was it. Do you think it was a coincidence? Or or did he steal it? Regard it, it, uh, regardless, you Here still can't just you know, that's not working. You can't just go invade a dude's house and 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 steal some shit. It's just not how things work. We live in a society. The 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 fumble to the break is pretty solid. We we already know his parents are pissed off at him. We because. Right. Earlier on, he makes the phone call back. I don't home. see why this can. I don't see why this has to affect the potatoes. <laughs> He's just like, I just want my 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 potatoes. Yeah. Mom was making the potatoes. Yeah. I want the potatoes. So the running the running bit with the parents from the notes about nothing is all these jokes are better after the casting of the characters because you can visualize they were cast so perfectly. The the yeah. his, his mom's delivery. You can. Picture what am I supposed to do with the, these potatoes? The the or even a Frank Costanza. You can you can hear them on the other side of the phone. And yeah, going back and watching it today, I, I did forget that we hadn't officially cast them yet mm-hmm. in this watch along. And but you visualized them. I know, I, it, it made perfect sense to me that I that's what George I talking about that. being traumatized by his father naked. Like you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, if I see Jerry Stiller naked, I'd probably be pretty traumatized too. Oh, I would. I would consider myself blessed. <laughs> You're in the presence of comedy royalty. Um, don't need to see all that comedy royalty. Just saying. Who would you rather see naked, Jerry Stiller or Louis C.K.? Probably Jerry Stiller, but only because I assume he's not also whacking it in the same. <laughs> Kramer, okay, just saying we've got it. We've established the the bar here. Uh, Kramer actually gets credit for two entrances in this scene. Uh, I think it's because he goes back into his, he he brings everybody in, goes back into his apartment. He doesn't just step into the hallway because he's got to get the statue. He's got to gather everybody, and then he's got to get the statue. Is so he does leave. He so he leaves fully. Where he just throws everything back into his apartment. That's the first scene. First scene. Oh, and wait, you get the, and, he, and you get the good sound effect of it. And yeah, that's a great bit. It's a great bit. He's like, "Hey, I want all these things from your grandfather, but I'm also just going to chuck them across." <laughs> um, and then the the again, we we can't get a scene without a pop culture bit. People's court. Oh yeah. The, well, the, we had mentioned Dragnet, Dragnet, People's Court. This is a pretty self-referential thing because the People's NBC? Court, uh, maybe, but it, the judge at the end of it, uh, from the notes, would say, you know, don't take the law into your hands, you know, take it to the People's Court. Well, I and didn't take him to People's Court. That's, that's, the, that's. the law in his hands, his own hands. Yeah, he, I didn't take, exactly, that's the bit. So I found that to be pretty funny, That's but like funny. everything is like this show is so meta. Like the show is so meta. Before meta was even like a thing, and I'm not saying they were the first to do it or they even knew what they were doing at the time was meta. It's just 
It's good shit. And yeah. I, then the statue breaks, and that's it. And Jerry talks about uh, people talks about how people are just going to steal from you, and talks about how you hide shit at the beach, and which is true. It's um, uh, we, we, uh, not necessarily the beach. You know, I guess lake beaches around here, but like when we go to like the pool or whatever, you know, it's put your wallet and stuff in your shoes, put the socks or whatever on top of, or lay a towel mm-hmm. on top of it, just yeah. out of sight, you know. Yeah. I under here's here's my again my my life pro tip again with this Jerry Just rent the fucking locker. Well, yeah, of course, but the idea of putting the stuff like up by the tongue or the toe or whatever, like that's people are more likely to steal something if they see it's worth value. If you hide it and you don't make it like, hey, look at these shiny car keys and this nice wallet sitting at the top. People are going to walk by a pair of shoes and go, I don't want a dirty pair of shoes. I get that. If they wanted your shoes, they would just take your shoes. And if that's what you're worried about, then, you know, don't wear your nice shoes to the beach is my thought process. You know, it's like being drunk in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. Everybody's drunk in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. Everybody's at the beach. Don't draw attention to yourself. And you can pretty much do whatever you want. Within, within, like, you know, limits. It's just just keeping stuff out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. If they don't see it right... He's right hating away, they're, they're on some pretty solid life rather advice. Rather go through the effort of going through and picking it up. Yeah. The weakest stand-up joke of the episode. Yeah, but I could care less. It's fine. Yeah, at this point, I'm ready for the episode. I'm like, ah, it's a good episode. I'm good. Statue broke. That caps it. That You could end the episode right there. You gave you know. it... I gave it a five, man. This is one of my all-time five. favorite episodes. IMDb gives it an eight. That's an eight out of ten. That's pretty solid. I mean, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to try. I that. would give it a four. I'll give it a four. It's not the funniest I've laughed in a Seinfeld episode. It's, it's not the funniest. You don't episode. have to overinflate your rating on my account. It's, 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 it's not the funniest episode I've laughed so far in this podcast. But it was a very just just like last week or last episode. It was a very well put together episode. Yeah. Uh, the structure of it was good. The writing of it good. Uh, the jokes in it funny. Um, better than the stranded, I think, in my opinion. Just not. Well, I mean, it, it's still just not. It's it's still just not a home run yet. Well, I mean, solid double, you know. We've talked about this. Yeah, I I think we're in the laying groundwork phase because you don't just jump into being great. Oh, for sure. And again, like I said, unless unless you're at the cast and it's always sunny. This episode is really good. I enjoy this this episode. It just it's just, it's not a home run yet for me. Yeah, I get that. This is just one of those like when you talk about watching them over and over and over on the dvds or watching the same DVD. this is this is one of those um episodes that i remember because it's the last one it's the third disc from the second season uh it's actually the first and second season come in volume one of the dvds that i have it's the majority of dvds you you see from you know 10 decade or so ago 10 years ago I made any resale store, but volume one ago. from 10 decades ago. That's how old I am. Just kidding. 
three decades ago. From two to three decades ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, getting me all off track. Born on the state, not dead. Damn it. So you got me way off track now. <laughs> These DVDs, it's volume one, disc three. It's the last five episodes. It's the last five episodes we've done. Uh, and the statue ends the disc. And then we get into the the last four episodes of the of the second season. And that, like, I loved, it's just that I love these episodes. Like, going from the Stranded to the to the statue, watching those two back-to-back, I love that show. We are getting it's into such good, good silliness. We are getting into a disc, that, that last disc on this DVD is one. It, so this, that, that season one, two Seinfeld disc or whatever the, mm-hmm. the season set was my first DVD Seinfeld set. So I watched that one a shit ton. Yeah, so coming into that last disc, so that, it's that iconic. Last yeah, disc was I, oh for sure, especially with um, uh, the last episode on on the disc. It, it, like it just that was the one I I, I probably watched the most. Yeah. I think it's just uh, three episodes. It's the revenge, the heart attack, and the deal. And the deal, yeah. Those are the last three that uh, we've got coming up. Uh, now that I pulled up like my internets, um, dude, 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 I was gonna look at. <laughs> some rating comparisons just because we didn't get to it yeah so the stranded the the one that would have aired prior no that was in episode three so uh april 4th that's what i'm looking for the apartment 28 share 16.9 rating so it's a little bit of a dip but i mean you're still looking at 23 million people it's crazy um but yeah all my notes. I just want to see how that compared to the one that aired prior to it. Yeah. Lots of pop culture this episode. Lots of, you know, like I said, man, those, if you, man, this episode alone is worth it just for the DVDs. You can learn all about Finland in 1991. There's definitely a lot of your. I guess it'd be early 2000s when these DVDs came out. There was definitely an abundance of your DVD notes this time around. It, it, it sounded like that. There was a lot of pop up there on the notes about nothing, which is fun stuff. The notes about nothing is like the best part of the DVDs. I try and cut down some of those quotes to just little sound bites. Like it's one of my favorite things blurbs. to do. Is it's just the blurbs, yeah. But they're like that Jerry one and that Kramer one. It was over a couple pages. Once. Uh, I just you had to write down the whole thing because I thought I found them to be very insightful, just about their characters and you know the blurb, the live audience aspect of it. Check out yeah. the front page. Yeah, there you go. Uh, everything is referential. <laughs> but yeah, man. That's uh, I wanted to see. I it. Uh, there fun was times one. In the neighborhood. Fun times in the neighborhood. Up on West, 80, West 81st Street. I want to see because I may have. Did I already refer to. Okay, so I have this as a top seven Kramer episode. Oh, dope. It, uh, yeah, I can definitely see why. I mean, it's definitely it it fits that this is. I mean, just that scene alone, the the whole him going in there to take the statue. It's the first time we've seen him do anything like that. 
Larry David, who, oh, well, we had no idea. He, he, he wasn't going to leave the apartment at all. And like, oh, this is the first time he does it. Whatever. I call bullshit. We didn't just see that in the bus boy. He go help George look for a cat. But yeah, uh, go listen to that one. This is, this is fantastic grammar. Yeah. One of, one of my, again, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, do I have, uh, it's, it's not fucking listening to Google. Nope, don't have it. I don't think I have it anywhere else. Just a top, just a top Kramer episode. Just top seven Kramer episodes. So, yeah. Anything else you have to say on uh, the nah, statue? Man, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one, which is. Come on, Google, stop fucking with me, man. Channeling my interface. That's not the next episode. I believe it's the revenge, the yeah, revenge. I could be wrong because I was also wrong about what number episode the stranded was. Like we just mentioned them before. It was the revenge, something else, and then the deal, right? A heart attack and the deal. I know yeah. the deal was meant to be the season finale. So I think, so I think you're right. I think it's the revenge. A- a- episode number eleven. Sure. Because this was episode 10 of season 2. Last and nine. The Stranded was episode 9 of season 2, not episode 10 of season 3. Which is how it aired. You should go listen to that one. That was a good episode. I love that episode. This, is this, this was a bit of a wheels off episode, but I enjoyed it. Uh, we were kind of melted through part of it, but that's okay. Yeah, my I tell you, my brain did melt for about 90 <laughs> seconds. I was so like, uh, where are we? Who am I? I know who I am. Do you know who you are? I'm at Don't Fold the Maps on Instagram. I know where I'm not. I'm not People's Court. Well, you didn't get taken to People's Court because you didn't steal anything. Because you're not a thief, Kong, because you're a good person. What'd you steal, CJ? He was never in this show. I can't end it on an Nick Cage reference. I wish he was. That would be fucking awesome. I mean, I still can. Well, this is the show. We're not changing it. Peace.